the practice that we're doing and in a wider sense the path that we're on is um, approaching it as we actually are as human beings and we are tapping into a wisdom say that would and it was offered from his direct experience as a, a fleshy human being. Examining this uh, sort of where we're situated in our humanity in a very direct, practical, let's say scientific way, a realistic way, is therefore a direct connection with those wisdom teachings, but also with this life as we're actually living it. So we're not trying in this work at all to project ourselves into some um, imagined, assumed, or uh, blindly believed uh, philosophy, thought system, uh, or religious system. The thought system, the religious system, is just whatever is actually, it's taken up only in a way that it supports this understandings that will lead to freedom from unnecessary stress, fear, grasping, pain, and so on. As organisms, this um, body functions in such a way that it is constantly um, touched by the world by, through these sensitive doorways, eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, and the sensitive doorway also of the mind. Constantly in this, to even say intimate, doesn't catch it. It's, it's just in this completely coupled relationship where we are embedded in this environment, constantly responsive to it, that this organism is responding. And these responses have been conditioned by genetics, chemistry, physiology. Over the course of evolution, incredibly complex organs have developed to bring about the survival and eventually the dominance of the human species, dominance over the ecosystem. And so this constant uh, responding to the environment is an incredibly nuanced and complex process. The things that we like and dislike at the level of emotions are actually just comprised of 
all of these layers that build up until we have personal preferences. But the basis from which it all comes is as basic as pleasure and pain. And it's as basic as how do I survive? How does this organism stay alive? And whether you think of it in terms of so I can pass on my gene pool, don't even worry about that. That's just a response to pleasure and pain. That's all that is. It's not some higher level magical force. It's very basic. So stay with the basics. And as part of that, absolutely inherent in the process, not at even a fragment separated, is the fact that the whole um, pleasure, pain, survival activity of the organism uh, evolved in all of its complexity, including the evolution of all of its sense organs and this remarkable organ of the brain, socially. Without that, this species would not have survived, let alone dominated the planet. Would not have happened. An individual human being is a fragile kind of a nothing, really, on the landscape of jungle beasts. So, so how did this happen? You know, we don't need to talk about the history of it. What we care about is now, this experience, through all of this sensitivity, we learned with the eyes to recognize the foods and you know that will be pleasurable and unpleasurable and that will help us survive and so on. We learned to recognize threats and recognizing these threats, of course, we learned to try to avoid them as best we could. And when we couldn't, well, whatever. You know, we would get hurt, we would get eaten, uh, we would starve, we would get stuck in places we shouldn't have been in the first place or whatever. But also, of course, that very same set of mechanisms that's constantly making those calculations and responding to this environment. How do I get what I want? How do I survive? So sensitive, all these eyes and ears and the brain constantly processing it and evolved to process it a certain way is experiencing the same level of pleasure and threat with other human beings because that's crucial to our survival and our pleasure, right? It's all built into the system. So how do I get the pleasure of you? How do I survive given possible attacks by you, literal physical attacks? So I need to read your face really well before you're going to hit me, right? Or are you one of the good guys or bad guys? And those mechanisms also evolve to higher and higher levels of complexity. So now we have this brain that's processing the input that now is making its own stream of input to be aware of. You see that? So we're constantly getting thoughts coming in in the same way we get light and sound coming in. So in Buddhist psychology, the, the mind is simply a sixth sense. So we're sensitive to what it makes. And so here we are now, responsive to all of this and all of what's being made and trying to, of course, 
function along these same lines that we've been formed to fun function along. Pleasure, survival, and the uh, uh, whatever we need to be to withdraw for the organism to uh, find some sort of stability when it's too much. And it's exactly this kind of quivering, fleshy thing that we are in this constantly changing world that makes for the uh, instabilities of intentions that we experience now in our society in modern day life. It's no different. It's just that the things to which we are responding aren't always as base level as that's a snake. I better know what to do when I see a snake. Now instead of a directly a snake, it's a snake of a person at our corporation in the next department who's trying to get my position, you know? Or, you know what I'm saying? It's the same set of mechanisms about pleasure and survival and, with, and kind of withdrawal from too much. And the same uh, actual sense organs and brain that's doing all this. And this is our human dilemma. We're in this world, it's constantly changing, and it's unspeakably complex. Not only is the physical world complex, the social world, in, in many ways, you could say, puts the complexity of the physical world to shame in its level of complexity. Because it's all of these organisms, every single one of these human beings has this remarkable intelligence that is dedicated to its pleasure and survival. And all of these, you know, brilliant creatures, I mean really, really brilliant creatures, is wandering around on the landscape. And, now, and, 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 and what are they doing? Well, we know that the organism is built to aggregate, built to cooperate and to fight and to form groups. Forming groups is as basic as eating. It's as fundamental to our physiology as eating. This is what we do, right? So now all of these organisms are forming groups, and there's multiple overlapping groups, and then there's whole nation groups. And of course, what we have is an extremely tragic situation globally where the greed and the hatred and the fear, all of that survival aspect just raw in the world. I may be really loving with this person and the two of us are going to go out and kill those people. That's what happens to our love even, right? That's what happens to our local altruism. It's not global. And so we get these incredible, this incredible uh, scenario of the human life as functioning in this environment that's incredibly um, uh, wrought with pain, with difficulty of all kinds, coming and going all the time. And for some who are not very privileged, it's still about, am I going to get my next meal for billions? And in a privileged society like 
the wealthy West, which not everybody in the West is wealthy by any means, but largely this meditation stuff, you know, and anybody who would be talking in the way that we're talking right now is quite privileged, has an education to think like this, has time to think about this stuff. And so great, that's wonderful. But by and large, there's still a lot of people, where's my next meal coming from? And when we know where the next meal is coming from, where's my next car coming from? That's where we go with it, right? So what we're talking about is a radical investigation of this situation that it will always be unstable. There will always be more that we want. There will always be what we can't get. There will always be threats. There will always be loss. There will always be things that scare us. Survival is never assured and life is insanely complex. Right? So the question is, are we stuck in only the uh, hard nut of suffering with, if we happen to be among the privileged, higher level problems, right? We have our next meal, but oh my God, it sure hurts when someone treats me like that, when I feel unseen, it sure hurts when this, or you know, I, I feel so insecure at my job, I feel isolated from my community. You know, these are more subtle problems, but do they not hurt? Please, if you think they not hurt, just ask any psychotherapist who's making a living helping people who are hurting. You know, or you could ask anyone, right? You can ask anyone. So the only we cannot change this situation. You know, it brings up the, the uh, story or the, the simile, the metaphor of walking on the, around on the earth with bare feet hurts, right? So that bare feet is our tender sensory systems and brain. And so I've got an idea. Let's pave the entire earth with rubber so it won't hurt. That's a great idea. I'll start right here. And maybe we get one room paved with rubber, or maybe we get an acre, or if we happen to be, you know, someone really wealthy, Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, maybe we pave, you know, 50,000 acres with rubber, and you get to the edge and you, that's it. You're a prisoner of your rubberized world. <laughs> I have an idea. It's an invention and I'm going to call it a shoe, right? So this is now saying, I can't, I can't fix this world to be infinitely okay. It's absolutely not possible. And but what I will do is I will alter how I live in it, how I respond to it. That's the only point of impact. 
that I have, the only serious point of impact. The rest of it is just shuffling things around. And we do that because we have to shuffle things around to get enough stability to be able to do this work on making our shoe, right? So as long as we are terrorized, as long as we are lost in the results of our personal trauma, as long as we are um, uh, you know, unable to, let's say, eat or stay warm enough, then addressing these things is problematic. So we, we work with all these different, with the world in all the ways we know how. That's, you know, that's part of the deal. But wisdom teachings are about how we meet the experience. Teachings at most of our educational institutions are about how we manipulate the variables enough to make it workable. That's the best we get at our, most of our schools and universities. In fact, most of our parenting and most of our philosophizing and most of our politics and most of our industry is around you know, paving the world well enough locally to make it workable and maybe to even have some pleasure. So it's a different thing we're doing here. It has pleasure in it. And it includes the social pleasures of working together because the problem is so big, the conditioning in this biological organism is so deep, to try to do this alone is quite frankly, ridiculous. The heroic spiritual path is a part of being embedded in all of humanity. And to think of the heroic path as the only aspect of the path. I do this alone. I'm going to meditate like crazy till I by myself am liberated. Who's going to teach you to meditate like that? probably another human being. Who's going to get, guide you with little pieces of wisdom? And where did that wisdom come from? Other human beings. And if you're extraordinarily strong, maybe you don't need so much input beyond that. But for most of us, frail that we are, difficult as life is and has been for many of us, we need more. So we have the support. But even the support and the pleasure is oriented towards shifting radically how we meet the world, not just making sort of a pleasant spiritual community that becomes, again, a prison. It's, it's limiting cocoon-like nature. So the key question now is how does wisdom really make a difference in how we meet the world? How does knowing the fact that whatever is satisfying, pleasurable, whatever is of gain for us, is for sure going to change? And there's just no question about it. It's always contingent, whether it's a social pleasure, a social gain, or a financial pleasure and a financial gain. A lot of people found that out in the various market crashes that have happened. 
how does the wisdom of suffering, knowing that this is part of being the sensitive organism in this uncontrolled world, and the knowing how to turn towards it to reawaken in it rather than be victimized by it. How does that really shift us? How does that help us meet the actualities of the pain in our lives, our families, our bodies, decaying bodies? How does the wisdom of knowing that taking everything personally and, and remaining in self-obsession is infinitely more painful than seeing the, uh, basically, that we are uh, uh, responding to causes. There is this res organism responding to causes and conditions and that we don't have to take all of our challenges and our personal um, responses so personally, and that this is a universal condition, and that the grasping and self-obsession only makes it worse. How does that wisdom actually make a difference? How does it function when someone says something really nice about us, and the mind says, ah, that feels really great, but am I going to take a home in that? Am I going to land there and stay there and hold on to that? Or does it pass through? So these are all questions. This is how does the wisdom operate? How does it operate in this situation, this situation that without wisdom is tragic? With wisdom, it's workable. So some kind of freedom from that not knowing and being stuck is possible. And that's our, that's our path, is discovering together what that wisdom is and living it, living it to remember. Because we forget, alone we forget, the forces pushing us internally, our biological physiological forces pushing us, and the social pressures push us to forgetting, right? Because we go towards the next fix. We go towards, how can I get this? Okay, this organism is just totally agitated, and how can I? And, and so then we start being obsessed with this self and all of its problems, and we lose that perspective. Can you help me remember? Can we help each other remember? This is a crucial problem. Can we help each other remember and have wisdom function? Function to meet things as they actually are.